Ryan, I think we might have to hold uh, episode two, part two, uh, in. I do not know if it can be released yet. If it can be released, it can only be released in a highly edited form. She's real pissed. Really doesn't want it published. But yeah. The podcast has served its purpose. I think. Maybe we're at a point in the podcast where it's it would be kind of the third episode. And then now we have to take on the subject of ignorance our own ignorance to vulnerability and to everything we're doing and to everything we're saying we riff on about post-traumatic stress disorder we have no fucking clue or at least i don't you know like you can read all you want but there's people who actually deal with these types of things on a daily basis as their job like, I think it's important that we we um, maybe even d- devote a podcast to ignorance and humility, you know, like it, or ignorance for the sake of humility, you know, for the sake of allowing, making it very clear to maybe our audience, just in case, that we're not trying to be authorities. The word is such a negative connotation but it's not necessarily that negative it just means it means unaware it means unconscious means it doesn't mean moron stupid at least to me but i can never use that word because people are like oh that's so insulting to call someone ignorant a very good point about ignorance ignorance is not stupidity ignorance is lack of awareness the ignorance is, yeah, tunnel vision. It's, you know, it, I think this whole this whole experience has actually kind of led led into the episode of ignorance, where you're ignorant to other people's perspectives and how other people are going to receive what you transmit akin to splitting the atom ben ryan attempt to split their guests apart from their egos and explore the deep ominous cave called vulnerability attempting to shine a combined light on the treasures that hide in the dark without taking themselves and each other too seriously They are engaging in conversation between themselves and with guests in their very own humorous way. We hope you enjoy listening to Spill Your Guests. We should almost start with a recap of what really happened with the last episode, because that introduction I made doesn't exactly explain that beginning where you said she's really pissed man and we don't really want to talk about her but can you is there a way that you can in general explain the scenario of why we had to remove so much content or do you I can, prefer not i can 
no, I, I think I think I'm up for the challenge to be so non-specific that that I'm not violating the uh, the kind of agreement I made with myself on not publishing the uh, some of the previous podcast recording. Um, in it's easy enough to explain that we recorded something anecdotally from my perspective that involved someone else, and uh, in the end decided to show that someone else my anecdotal recount of the events and uh, alongside those the the account was my feelings toward the events and uh, the result was uh, very um, resistant to the idea that that uh, that we released that material for the reason that it was mortifying and embarrassing and um, without, without a better way to put it, of putting it, took a strip off the, uh, that someone else. Yeah, I mean, I really took it to heart when, when I got that feedback. I really took it to heart that sharing that was painful and that perhaps what, we're, what we were doing was maybe not, uh, maybe not the most respectful thing to do when you consider that uh everybody's got a story and everybody's justified and how and how they live and how they think and how they feel i didn't really expect that kind of kind of backlash from uh from the experience of sharing it and it just it just made me really kind of viscerally aware of my narrow narrow vision my narrow optics of situations, of events, of the world, and how that narrow optics is, is by and large summed up in the word ignorance. That last little audio clip where you said, you said uh, ignorance about how people are receiving what we transmit. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you yeah. were you were ignorant. We were ignorant about how this person might receive it, but we did our due diligence in sharing. We still sent it. Yeah, we shared it and allowing them to not have to be a part of that conversation. I just don't know how far. I don't know what the boundary is, because there's life situations that just happen. The name, in some cases, the name doesn't matter. It's a situation, let's say it's a situation that repeats itself with women or, or men or whatever situation it is. Do we necessarily have to run it by somebody who might say, I'm not, I don't want that content released, even though it's a really a situational thing like, oh, I got in a fight with a coworker. Well, that happens to everybody. So... Do we have to talk to that coworker and say, is it okay if we say somebody got in a fight even though we didn't say your name? I think it's cool. I think it's I think it's good to do the due diligence anyways, because like you said, it helps us not be so ignorant about how they're receiving what we transmit. But there is, I think, a certain point where you should be able to just talk about your life in general and um be a little vague at times to protect people, but 
also get your point across because otherwise there's going to be no points to get across in a, a podcast about vulnerability in a culture where it's taboo to be vulnerable. You're going to run into a lot of people who are protective against that and defensive and not willing to share. And that means we've got nothing to share. <laughs> when, well, the thing is, is that you'll sh- you will share something that even even if you you didn't even realize at the time. Obviously, I had reservations about sharing the last one with that someone else, and those reservations were justifiable in the end. I mean, it's some, not something that I would like to share in general. I, to have a, that type of conversation where you're basically describing an experience to to a friend about an, about something that happened and the party involved is nowhere near earshot and has no possible way to uh to respond to anything you're saying or or have a construct be a constructive member of the conversation and then and then they they hear it and if they want to scream out and argue with you or they want to you know they want to um basically defend themselves or try to try to like tell you that you don't you don't understand you're not understanding my 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 side of the story they can't they just got to sit there and listen to you sound presumptuous and arrogant but ben and everybody does that every single day yes would you not agree they don't get shared but they don't but it that's doesn't my get point shared. though yeah but they're already right. we're already doing it what's the difference if it's an audience so, of two or an audience of two thousand you're still doing the, it uh, well, the the difference is that rather than sending it, you don't send it. You know, it's it's just between but you and you I. You sent it to somebody else. You I didn't send, ask. And I sent it. You, if you had told it just to me, would it be just fine? And I'm not saying this as an argument. I'm asking. I don't think that I don't think that either way think? is is either fine or not fine. I don't think it's a matter of that. Like I don't think that it. I don't think it's. I don't think there is a right or wrong in this scenario. Like. I think it would have been as equally right for us to have shown that someone else, the podcast, gotten that or had that send be received in that way, that utterly painful, mortified, adamantly don't want this published way. And then we still go ahead and publish it anyway. That's completely within our, our, our right. And that and there's nothing really to say that it isn't right. For us to do that, because like you said, it's just a conversation about people that everybody has all the time. And it, they sound judgmental and they you're definitely saying brazen things and making wild claims based on your own perspective yeah. when you do talk about these things. But the thing is, is that from on the other end, um, it's not normal to be privy to those conversations. It's not right. normal. But right? how do we and how so, do we combat how do we um, how do we fight against ignorance about her understanding if she's not willing to participate in the conversation where where are we left other than to not learn anything about a about a situation that happened what do we do if we can't have an open conversation we stick well, to our we I, stick, you and I are we welcome stick, to have our open conversation I know yeah. but do we stick to our judgments do I we, me being somebody who's quite judgmental, do I simply stick to my judgment about, oh, and, and categorize that person, oh, that's a person like that, this is why they do it, they always do it, 
the, I'd, I'd say that's me being ignorant. I, I, I legitimately want to hear what she has to say. And I'd love to hear something really critical back at me if, it, if it's valid. Absolutely. I would respect that and I would really appreciate that. But now I we've got nothing to go on. I would agree with you, but... We're just in, stuck to our own biases and our own ignorance. We're, we're stuck reinforcing each other. And her and her friends are stuck reinforcing their their side. And that's right. That's right. Both both sides are ignorant to each other. Now now for me for me okay for me it's tying vulnerability into this is who the hell wants to be ignorant? To accept your ignorance is allowing yourself to be vulnerable to the ignorance and to the ignorance in the first place. And that's I think a really hard thing to do. What about just admitting that we don't know everything and we never will? Nobody will. That's the thing. Nobody will ever be good enough. Nobody. Name someone who is good enough. I know what you mean, but then no one will do anything. No one will. No one will try anything. You know, like you kind of sometimes have to ignore your ignorance and just do it. You know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, and I think that but, but I think it sounds that, like I mean, you look back on learning things and say that you you're sort of shaming yourself for not knowing it before you even learned it. That's my trouble with it. Yes, that's the that's the that's my that's my vulnerability with ignorance is that I look back on myself and I shame myself for it. I feel I feel like I feel like, hey, my God, maybe I'm just stupid after all, you know, and I don't think ignorance is stupidity. And I know you don't think ignorance is stupid. I don't think anybody should ever think that. I think that's objectively not the case. I mean, I can be stupid too. You know, I can make what I would say is stupid, absent-minded, you know, mistakes or oversights or just completely read something and not actually read all the words properly. It's painful, I think. And I've definitely gone through this where I thought I knew stuff and I was sure I knew it. And I'm sure that you have too, and I'm 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 almost certain that somebody listening to this has has experienced this too. And I thought I was right, and I was wrong, <laughs> dead wrong, dead you know? Wrong. Oh yeah, dead wrong. And what's that feeling? What does that feel like? Do you feel vulnerable when you're dead wrong? You f- you feel like your ego is just. It's just trying, it just, it wants to fix the problem. It's like, no, 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 no. Let's figure out why. No, 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 we're not wrong. We're not wrong, buddy. We're going to, we're going to figure this out. <laughs> and it's just wants to fight to the death. And oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. But oh, learning yeah. humility. You, you, you want to hang on to not being ignorant. You do not want to be ignorant. You well, don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to succumb to humility immediately when you thought you were right. You hate it. Even even something little. If I said something and someone says, no, you're wrong. It's this way. And I'm like, oh, is it? Oh. And I didn't really know. I'd kind of concede. And then later on, of course, I'd go and I'd crop, I'd double check. Like just in case. Yeah, but you, you get nope. an offense, right? <laughs> That's what Google is. You get a little for. bit of defense. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to fucking Google it right now and yeah, I'm going to yeah, fucking show Google, it to you. I'm fucking show you that I'm right and you're wrong. And you know what happens like, in those situations? Whoever you're talking to does not listen to a fucking word you say. And you don't even say things properly. And you're just 
it that's why I'm saying a safe middle ground for that potentially heated debate to happen where it's not so heated and it's with mutual respect and I suppose mutual humility is the key perhaps saying it, I don't know it, is okay so is what you're saying right saying I don't know is perfectly fine knowing when to say I don't know is the key that's the problem is because you might not even know you're supposed to say it because you thought you knew and re I think intelligence isn't about knowledge itself. It's about the knowledge of what you don't know. You're right. You know, if you're aware or you're shrewd enough to know when you don't know and know when you know, then you're intelligent. And I think that's true intelligence at its finest, you know? Okay. Maybe, maybe let me... Let me open with some humility here, okay? So I'm, I am not university educated. I went three times and I flunked out hardcore every single time because I disagreed with the material and I was unable to give the, I was now unable to uh, repeat back what I was being taught without challenging it and it doesn't necessarily mean I was smarter than the professor. It was just that that was my approach, I guess, to authority in some ways uh, has always been to reject certain types of authority. So in terms of humility, yeah, I'm not university educated. Um, any big words I might have learned would be from reading on my own. I certainly didn't learn it in fucking high school. I, I, I went... My parents tried to rescue me from the disaster that was the high school I was supposed to go to and sent me to uh, International Baccalaureate Program, which is a more, you know, advanced math and some Spanish and stuff. No and, fucking kidding. Yeah. And I guess what happened? Guess I, what happened? Me too, by the way. Me too, by the way. Go on. Go on. Guess, guess how that worked out for me. I, I failed out of it and they just let me get through high school with the basic because I was so lost, I didn't have, I didn't have the foundation, the 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 support system, the structure to get through school and focus on it. I was busy fucking hanging out with people who were performing fraud, like big time fraud, and eventually got arrested and copying the master key to the school and breaking in at night and stealing the tests from the teachers' desks. And stealing in the, on the way home from school, stealing every day from any store I'd walk into and selling things at the school. And I had no idea. I was so unconsciously, ignorantly going through life. But can I be blamed? Can, can someone who's young be – can someone who's ignorant be blamed? I, yeah, I just – I learned the lesson – my lesson the hard way with certain people and I'm trying to do my best and I'm still catching myself making mistakes. That's why I always start with humility. That's why I always start with vulnerability now. And that scares some people off because they're not ready, especially if they're similar type as me and they're, they've got that judgmental side to them. They just get scared off because it's so painful to have to look back and be like, Oh, or hear yourself, like on a podcast, hear yourself speak and being like, 
wow, I can't believe I'm that guy. I'm actually that guy I'm listening to that I can't, is cringeworthy to me. Did that that's, happen? To that's you? that's 100% happened to me. That that's that's my engagement with vulnerability. When so it you, comes to you feel that's, you're cringeworthy? What, oh, I feel I'll get that feeling like in the pit of my stomach too, even for something as minor as in the last podcast when I was incorrect about the actual definition of pegging. <laughs> I was wrong about pegging the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know yeah. what? I, I knew you were wrong, I, but I also didn't 100% know. So I didn't want to go back to my old, my old routine behavior, repetitive behavior of, of just being like, no, it's not that. I, I tried to bring it up in the sense of, oh, well, isn't it this? So that we could have a conversation and figure it out together, and and I think that's one odd example, but one example of of my <laughs> depicting whether it's uh, an index finger in the asshole, or a woman fucking another woman with a strap on, or a man, actually. So there you go. We might be ignorant to the fact that there might be other forms of pegging. How does a transsexual peg? How does someone who's had a sex change peg? What it, it means? It, the, de, the definitions are through. There, there's a thousand different definitions because, and you, perspectives. I, I can I can very well go on Urban Dictionary myself and write that fucking definition that I wanted it to be the whole time. And there you go. That's a new definition of pegging right there. You can it's pegging. It's it's a it's not it's not a formal Webster dictionary defined act. It's not a verb in okay. the Webster dictionary. Pegging <laughs> like, is arbitrary. Pegging is arbitrary. It, it is arbitrary, but the collective <laughs> the collective does not agree with me on it. The correct the collective agrees with Lotha and you on it. But every time you stick your finger up a girl's asshole, you're going <laughs> to you're going to think pegging that, so that's 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 my definition of it. So my definition you're, of it you're is still going to be like this feels like pegging. It's it's like still it's going to always right be pegging to me. It's going to always be pegging to me. But I was ignorant to the fact that that's not what everybody thinks it is. That was just what I somehow conjured in my 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 brain from some experience I had. Not oh baby. <laughs> and what if from it's experience a I had. What I don't know what what brought it brought, brought it to that. Like I just it's 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 funny how like you might think you know and you just don't. It's like it's not about the pegging itself. If it was something more serious, I would probably have a much more strong reaction to it. But I had a little reaction, like in my oh fuck, I didn't know. You know, a lot a lot of times when you don't know things and or you think you know things and you were wrong. You get that reaction. It's that ego, man. You get that people like to people like to point out when each other are wrong because you know it feels better to know more than another person. And you like to argue that you know that you're right, and you try to find it. You just try to find that argument that maybe makes you right, even if there's no hope for you being right in that scenario. You know, I don't I know. Just, I mean, I just I think moving forward. Instead of focusing on how ignorant we are, perhaps we could focus on our attempts at humility and try to exercise that. We we do exercise that 
for example, when I suggested that you share the content of the podcast with that person, give them the opportunity to listen, I didn't realize that the lashback that would happen and the sleepless night or sleepless nights you had over it. And then I had to ask you, like, out of humility, did I go too far? Because I don't want to do that to people. I didn't just assume it was fine. I could have in in the past. I probably would have just been like, well, that's his fucking problem to deal with. But perhaps I was part of causing that whole issue. Would you say humility is a good way to combat ignorance? It's a good starting point. I don't or, think it's the. I don't or think is it education? Else. Oh, okay. I don't think it's education either. It, it's um. Well, it could be education, I guess, in a way. But you have to be taught how to think. You know, to be able to combat ignorance, you need to be humble and know when you don't know. Does university yeah. teach you how to think? From um, your, your experience? Yes. Critical thinking skills come from yes. university education. No, but I don't think that they only come from the university. Yeah, university okay. Education. But it is one but way. I think to... that I think there's a way to approach university that will allow you to take that approach, but you can also you can also get through university without it. Without learning you don't have to think for the skills, right? You can just you can just regurgitate and, and get through university. You don't need to think critically. But I think that for me, I was lazy, right? I didn't do much studying. So in order to succeed in university, I had to think critically because I had to figure shit out during the exam, you know, in order to succeed. And I'd have to take take uh, whatever analysis down to first principles, try to understand what the knowns and unknowns were and figure figure out the solution to whatever they're asking me. And was I amazing at it? God, no. But was I did I get turned through that critical thinking, you know, uh, Rude Goldberg machine or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, sure, I did. I got I definitely I guess definitely got churned in that mixture of uh, having to be like, OK, OK, let, what do I know and what do I don't know? OK, um, <laughs> what do I, I don't know? Is that what, what do taught? I don't know? Is that a proper sentence they taught you? It's <laughs> 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 what, do I, what do I know? What do I don't know? Hey, Ryan, I'm the one who's got the university education, so oh. I'll be the one who I'll be the one yeah. who's uh, the authority on the academics. I'm just kidding. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry sir. Uh, there you go. A little, a little respect, a little respect for my uh, my really expensive degree that I really don't deserve. Okay. Um, no, but the, but the okay, you can learn you can learn critical thought through just life experience, man. You don't need to be going to university, but university is a way to do it. It's a definite avenue toward critical thinking. What's another way method? Learning life lessons. Making mistakes. Making mistakes. Just making mistakes. Doesn't matter what. You learn how to think critically when you make mistakes. Because next time you'll know that you have to question things before you go ahead. And... Or otherwise, you'll suffer the consequences, right? When it comes to ignorance, let's let's say a child a child starts out being 
ignorant to met to everything, right? Just just yeah. everything. It's fucking everything. Clean, clean slate, blank, empty. Clean slate. Yeah. Just just pure like yin, just receiving information from everywhere as fact. Like walking around like what's that? That's a table. Okay, I guess it's a fucking table. You know, but if you're Spanish, it's a mesa. It's like okay, you learn you learn what things are according to your surroundings. Um my my struggle is if you're a parent, you don't want your child to suffer ever in any way, I imagine. Again, I'm ignorant to what it's like to be a parent, so that's why I say I imagine. But wouldn't you also say that those struggles that you went through on your own in life, those really tough times that you got through, were part of what led to adulthood? So is a parent not hoping, striving for ignorance in their child? Because, you know, like Santa Claus still exists and happily ever after stories are, are still enjoyable. If, if you never went through anything rough in life and you, the concept of marriage is, is just a beautiful thing. It's for the rest of your life and, you know, till death do us part. Is that ignorance? And is that encouraged by parents? Do parents want their children to be ignorant of the struggles that the parents had? Is that part of what they think their duty is to protect the child from the pain? I think it seems that way. I think it. I think in a lot of ways it. I. I think it manifests that way. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I think that's a an interesting thing you put put down there because like it would surely seem as though your parents don't want you to know that they're human for instance in a way and learning about your parents humanity learning about your parents not being perfect perfect so to speak or well loved whatever it is yeah perfect it can be should a parent exercise humility and tell their child they don't know? Should they? Wow. Okay. Like, it's hard, man. Like, now I don't want to say anything because I'm ignorant to the fact of whether it's better or not. I mean, like, well, okay. okay. And then, then it's a, this, is a, this is a tough podcast because, like, I would say that you'd have to run a study. I would say in order to know that, you would have to follow families who were perfectly honest with their children about their their own personal flaws parents who parents who were perfectly honest with their children about their own flaws and see the the development of these children and adults versus families where parents completely hid their own flaws and 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 fabricated this this notion that they were perfect and that that this the world of wonder is uh is is paramount and that you know like there there isn't anything to be uh that 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 the wonder the wonder lives on for instance and and that maybe their development's delayed or maybe they're not as productive adults or maybe they're not as happy growing up when they get surveyed or you know maybe they end up with more higher propensity for mental illness or lower propensity for mental illness who knows you know or maybe they don't don't trust their parents (laughs) Or maybe they don't trust their parents. Yeah. Subconsciously, they're not even aware of it. But there's something in them that says, 
That fucker told that fucker told me about Santa Claus for years. They dressed up in a suit. That fucker put me to sleep and said Santa Claus coming down the chimney. The chimney wasn't wide enough for Santa. You know, I'm not saying that that's what a person thinks. I'm was saying that, was that your original? It's like was that your critical thinking, Ryan, when you were like when your parents were like Santa's. Uh, when your parents said, "Hey, Santa's coming to give us presents," you're like, "Hold on a minute, parents." The chimney oh. is not wide enough for Santa. I always That's critical thought right no, there. I, I always knew there was no Santa. It was more that I was very happy that the gifts were down there. So I just tried my best to put myself to sleep so I could get the gifts sooner. But it was never a matter of staying up and actually thinking. Like, I, I don't know. I guess other people actually go to went to sleep and thought Santa Claus came. I don't know if I was shattered at, by that age or... So early on, I don't know, but there was never the actual. Nobody had to tell me Santa Claus didn't exist, from my recollection. Yeah, not, not, neither from my. I mean, I'm Jewish, but n- I mean, that's beside the point. No you one... don't get Santa Claus, Ben. Don't you dare <laughs> talk about that. He's ours. He's only for the. Oh, it has nothing to do with religion, but he's only for us. He goes around the world. I'm. Selfish. I want it all for myself. It's just a coincidence <laughs> that the color of your skin correlates a little bit to who he gives gifts to. I'm sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just geography. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> Freaking so uh, discrimination. The, discrimination, I say. So when you grow up as... Um, what is the what is the fairy tale for a Jewish person growing up at at um, at, at Hanukkah? Well, the fairy tale is about the uh, the 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 small army, the Maccabees, um, a group of Jews who fought against uh, not Yasser Arafat. That's real. Um, the you know what, man? It's just about some small little army that beat a huge ass army. Then they were left with like very little resources in their synagogue, and they needed like whatever the uh, the eternal flame to keep on burning. They only had enough oil for like one day or something, and it did. It lasted a full eight days before they were able to get more oil. Um, so that's the miracle. That's the that's the the thing you, you that you buy into, and there is no. There's no real wonderment about it surrounding it. There's no commercialization of it. So there, there's not, there isn't that intense joy that you get as a Christian child. Yeah, but would you say that that is actually the equivalent of actual tribal elders telling a real story to the children, which, from what I understand, is, is what used to happen? It never manifested that way, right? It never felt mean? that way. But I agree, yeah, it is that way. But it never felt that way as a child. It never felt like this is a real story that the elders are teaching us because they want to share the, the wisdom and, and, and appreciation for, uh, for the material world and, and appreciation for our powers as a, as a collective to overcome tyranny. You know, like that's ne- that never resonated with me as a child. I never felt, I never felt like there was truth to anything. I never felt I cared. I wanted to go home. I didn't want to sit there in religious school anymore. I wanted to watch TV at home or something stupid like that. You know, I wanted to go participate in, in North American consumerism 
and watch commercials about toys and and like fantasize about having toys and trucks and whatever you know like I didn't didn't think much of it I feel like I I grew up mystified by commercials and like by you know what what could I remember having dreams like like I I, I had this like toy that made me Spider-Man like it squirt like a web and I remember seeing a commercial that you could get that, that too or like remember having a dream about a skateboard that could fly and stuff like that you know um I don't know I feel like I grew up kind of like that, that does that does that mean ignorance no I mean that's that, that's childhood I mean you are well, ignorant. you were you were just accepting the wisdom from what what you saw as your elders or basically your family and your extended family and this is what they appreciate and this is what they are sharing with you so why wouldn't you grow up thinking that way Do, would you say that in modern times at least in western society that there are really there's a lack of elders or there's no elders at all i'm talking about I, people in your I, family who can sit down and tell you a story with the goal with the intention of having a lesson involved something about his, the family history or the 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 your tribe whatever that is there I don't see any any example of that in modern times. I I look at my family and I was not taught anything. It was le- that was left to the church. That was left to the school, to the teachers, to my neighbors and but but there was no family there wasn't sit down we're going to tell you a story ever. So if the elders have nothing to teach. Are we starting from scratch? Is there no cumulative um, education and sort of not just the education system? I meant like family education, tribe, tribal I, education. I think I, again, I think you're you're hitting on a really uh, poignant topic right now that that actually I've been battling with lately. I. My grandma, my my mom, my, my mom's side, both parents were passed away by six, by the time I was six. Um, on my father's side, I had n- almost no relationship with my grandfather. And my grandmother got Alzheimer's and, and died when I was 16. And then my grandfather died when I was 18. And then my father died when I was 20. And I never felt I had any sort of elder other than my father, of course, influence me in my life and sit me down and tell me the story. And with the either intention of imparting something or with just the intention to tell me a story. When there is when there is no wisdom, when there's even potentially ignorance in somebody who's reached. um beyond adulthood into the elderly years how does how does the next generation even survive do they not go out and look for other elders do they not look for the the, the television and see an old guy with gray hair and say there's my elder i'm going to listen to him do they not go to the preacher and the preacher is telling them this and that and there's my elder does it not 
risk now they go to their misdirection. Therapist. Yeah, it just doesn't not risk being you're, you're vulnerable to people becoming your elder when if you had a solid family uh, connection and bond. I think I mean, isn't that in essence how a gang starts? When someone doesn't have a family, they go out and they're young and they go out seeking a family. All you need is somebody, whether it's healthy or not, to create the illusion of a family. And there you go. You've got a gang. Or when somebody is extremely ignorant and hasn't been taught any life lessons, they're very vulnerable to entering a cult. Because that's your elder and they're, the, they're your mentor. Do you feel that mentorship is necessary? Is do you believe in mentorship? Would you? Hundred percent. Do you have a mentor? No. What would? What quality would you seek in a mentor? Would you allow yourself to be a mentor? Whoa. Um, I can answer the last one. The answer is yes. Feels good to be a mentor, right? In a, in a way, you're a little bit of a, you're a mentor, right? I mean, and you know, you know, also another way, I've got I have mentors that are younger than me. I'd say, I there's a 21 year old who I work with, I consider a little bit of a mentor. In fact, I have a, I have a close friend, the same friend that I had that that excommunicated me um, as a result of the same last podcast description story thing. Um, he excommunicated me. Um, he told me about this guy. He met this young guy that he admired and like fell in love with. He's not gay. He like kind of fell in love with this guy as almost a mentor. And just, I found that very powerful. I, I, I listened to him describing this and I was just fascinated by it. And I mean, I don't think that he, this guy and I are ever are going to be not talking forever, but he did say he's done with me. But I mean, I found that very profound that, you know, the mentorship does not, does not just, it is, it, it is not just one directional, you know, I think it, it's, it's completely omnidirectional. It can come in any form, I'd say. And yeah, you're, you, you, I think you've mentored me. And when you expose yourself too much, I think you cease to be a mentor in a way. However, I think that's dangerous. Like you don't want your mentor to be flawed, right? Uh, that's exactly what I was about to get to. I, I think um, a prerequisite for finding a mentor is to have the maturity and the awareness to know what you're getting into and also understanding that you're able to say no or disagree. It, it can't be just black and white. They know everything. That sounds like a cult. Like, for example, I, I take a lot of good information from uh, what Osho says. And Osho is, is an international foundation which many see as a cult. And there's even a Netflix documentary about it, Wild Wild Country, about how it was a crazy fucking cult that came to the States and was poisoning well water and all this crazy I don't know the all the details but you know like I take 
pieces of what the leader of that so-called cult said, and I see value in them. But then, of course, there's other things that I don't see value in. So I think if you come in with a maturity and awareness, you're not as much at risk of just blindly having faith. I think blind faith is the most dangerous thing. And that's why I think all growth starts with the self. If you do the work on yourself first, then you're not so you're not so vulnerable to being taken advantage of other of by others and you're not so ignorant that you could just simply blindly follow such and such because somebody else said he was a fucking men, their mentor. What if your friend's mentor is a fucking moron? What if I'm a moron and you think for some reason that there's value in the words I say? I mean, there's not there's nothing wrong with that. If there's if there's value for me in the in the words you say, and I consider you a mentor, then there's literally nothing wrong with that. And well, I mean, it depends. I mean, the collective might look look at me and say, or the mass or the majority, let's say would look at me and say, you're doing it all wrong and you're taking the wrong lessons from the wrong person. But like you said before, it's you need a tribe. You know, you need mentorship. So look, you'll end up, let's say, joining the Bloods or joining the Crips. Not because you're an evil person and because you want to commit crime, because you need to belong somewhere. And nowhere else would take you. And you didn't have what you needed to have. So you're filling your needs by joining a gang or by getting involved with, with people who might end up committing crimes. But you know, you don't feel that. You feel the love, you feel the camaraderie, you feel the sense of belonging that you need, you know? And, and you're getting whatever mentorship you're getting, you know? Yeah. And I, I just think that if the mentorship so it if it trumps your morality it could be dangerous like if if you don't know how to say no and your no is not based on certain values a value system that you've created you might just be susceptible to saying yes to everything but if you if you know that a mentor uh, maybe even if a mentor expresses some humility, th- that might that might be very um, uh, what's the word relieving? I don't know what the word is, but if you have a mentor that's capable of being humble at the same time and admitting they don't know everything, perhaps that's a better that's a better mentor. Better mentor. That's a better mentor. You can adhere to your tribe and be completely ignorant to maybe whether what you're adhering to is right or wrong, but it doesn't matter. You've got to adhere to it because that's a need that has to be filled. And, and then later, you'll look, you'd look back and be like, I can't believe that was me five years ago, toting guns, rolling with the Crips and like dealing cocaine. Like I was totally ignorant to what it, what it means to lead, lead a, a healthy lifestyle. I was totally ignorant to 
the destruction I was causing myself and others around me. It's, it's a, it's a heavy concept. It's a heavy concept to, to be aware and to allow yourself to be aware. And I don't know, maybe that, maybe that's, that's, that's part of the path toward that the maturity that we all need, you know, or not necessarily need, but toward um, um, a philosophical maturity, let's say, in how to lead your life. And I think there's countless thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of stories where you can, where you get people going around public speaking saying, I used to be a, like a, you know, on the street, I used to be a murderer, but now I'm like a humanitarian and I go around and I, I, I go from school to school and, and I talk about my story about how I got into with the rough crowd just to feel, feel a sense of belonging. And then later on, when I realized who I was becoming and I took a look at myself in the mirror, I made all these changes in my life and now I'm doing all this good for the world. So, I mean, I think that's a classic story that stems from ignorance. It stems from the, the need to just plow through life, ignorant or not, to get to where you need to be. And then you'll once you'll click. And that, that, that sounds that sounds like a forgivable version of ignorance, right? To somebody to come to that that realization that they were in that state and compensate for it and and make up for it. I mean, I, I use myself as an, ex, as an example, right? Like, why I used to be a thief and committing fraud and just terrible fucking person is is that the way you see me now then like i i i deserve a second chance do i not my god of course i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and say of course of course i'm never never gonna say that uh you're responsible for that well if you met me when i was 15 though I, what would you, you think pro- of I'm me? Probably, maybe maybe <laughs> We, pro- we definitely wouldn't get along. 15-year-old me and 15-year-old you probably wouldn't get along. I'll be honest with you. I was, like, not that way, right? I was not, not exposed to that kind of life, you know? And that, that, wasn't, that wasn't where I found my sense of belonging. I was, a little, I was rebellious in a way. Well, I was a depressive kind of the rebellious, you know? I wasn't a, uh, an aggressive or thieving kind of, kind of person in any way, shape, or form. So... Uh, you know, should I be, I said some stupid things and did some stupid things and, and, um, you know, for myself as well, you know, should I be, am I, am I at fault because I didn't know any better? You're not at fault. I don't think. I find it interesting that after somebody dies, we tell our best stories to them and we are most vulnerable to them have you i don't think this is the right i don't think this is the right podcast for that topic to be honest i think death that fits more into the death a death podcast but again i don't i don't want to suggest that topic to you because that's not that's not again i'm completely ignorant to that experience i'll tell you something right now when I when I just just uh, 
Well, first of all, you, you're, you're not going to be ignorant to that experience forever if that's, if that's what you, if that's, if you think you are ignorant to. Um, Good point. But when, <laughs> um, when my dad died, I went to a comedy show not but a few months after. And th- this is kind of getting at what I had already previously explained, but the comedian was joking about death and what like it would look like to die, you know? And I was sitting there with a friend of mine who was who is a comic and loved comedy and thought just had a like would laugh at everything and try his best to get behind everybody's jokes and get behind everybody's, you know, deliveries. And and like out of a genuine, you know, goodness of his heart, he would, you know, and uh, out of a genuine appreciation for like the craft as well. And I, I afterward, like I, I kind of got stone cold after that point i was entertaining it and then at that point i got stone cold this guy like i i got kind of like offended you know like you don't know what it's like to watch someone die i just saw my dad die and that was so intense for me and i'd never even know i that this that was accumulation of all this you know all this uh emotion of bereavement and pain and love and loss and like I felt like I was just throbbing and throbbing and throbbing in the world and didn't really understand or see or and this guy was going to go up on stage and and say something so insensitive you know he's so the guy delivering that comedy completely ignorant to the individual experiences of his of his audience but is that our forgivable our forgivable version of ignorance it's completely forgivable okay so but you didn't see it that way at the time at the time i was like no it's not forgivable he should he should uh, he should be looking thinking about life the way i think about life right now because of because of this like this this extremely strong reaction I'm having to this, you know? But then again, I'm completely ignorant to the fact that maybe this is coming from him watching his own dad die. Or, you know, right. he's probably making, you know, I, he's making light of this. This is coping mechanism. It's his way to, maybe, you could say that. You would never you, know that. I would never know that, right? But that was my response at the time, you know? And it's so arrogant, man. That response of mine so arrogant i struggle with that i think a lot and like especially i struggled with that at the time is that people did not understand my experience and my struggle and my pain and my bereavement and that i had felt completely abandoned in life by my father dying you know that i had no no one no one left to guide me i had no more no more comfort and structure i was now all on my own and now i had to pretend like i was capable of doing it and I was trying to pretend like I was. And the people around me had no clue where what I was going through. And I thought, my God. And I was so ignorant to the fact that, look, if I hadn't gone through that, I would be just like them. Ignorant to my experience. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's just, it just goes to show how, you know, you can really, you can really do yourself and others. I think a lot of justice by just getting humble. You know, to humble up a little bit. This yeah. podcast is ignorance for the sake of humility, because you need to be humble 
in order to exist in a world, in this world where you're, you are going to be ignorant and you are going to be um, unaware. And I often talk and will say something and then I'll say end and I'll say the same thing, but in a different way. And I'm going to commit to not doing that anymore because <laughs> – <laughs> it's not actually that enjoyable to listen to that. <laughs> and I just I keep on repeating it. I try to make it sound really convicting, right? I say it, say it with conviction. I say it again with even more conviction. But it's the same thing I've said again. Anyway, you know, just... you know what, Ben? You don't have to repeat. Look, anybody who listened no. to the first three minutes of this knows that Ben does not have to repeat his words. His words are fucking gold. You <laughs> you fucking you blew the Independence Day speech out of the fucking water with those <laughs> words. People oh. receiving what we transmit. Come on, man. That shit was all That's off the cuff. So... That was random voice messages and this is what's coming out of you. You were you were meant podcast you are meant to share you are a gift to be shared hey it's the guy who says would you say way too much um i just wanted to note that what's coming up is commentary from people uh, who are close to us and who wanted to share stories about ignorance um Luckily, they're from quite in an international background, uh, Vietnam, Germany, and Haiti. So hopefully you enjoy these contributions. Mm. I wouldn't say I was sure of something, um, definitely, um, because I, I try to tell myself that you never know. And remember when we used to work together and I had that pie chart where you have things you think you know, things you don't know, and things you don't know you don't know, which is a great pie chart, by the way. But um, no, for me, it was mostly when I had just started my work and I, I thought I had understood the system and how it works and and I was so confident and so you know I was like I'm sure everything goes like this 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 and well I'm not gonna lie to you I just I I hit a wall a few times you know and then you realize oh oh okay um uh, this is not how this work and you don't necessarily know everything about construction and processes and um, for me it was a hard thing because you know I'm such a perfectionist um, but you live and you learn you know and it was hard for me to accept that I had made mistakes based on being ignorant but also it was good because if you're someone um, with some kind of cognitive, I don't know, um, 
resolution, then you can go and be like, okay, I know this was wrong. I know I thought I knew this, but I don't know it. You accept the fact and then you move forward. And once you move forward, then, you know, you actually grow better. I think that people who find out they were ignorant grow much better than people who are actually being ignorant and they're completely certain of some some type of, you know, way that thing work. Those people then, you know, I think those people they 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 they're in trouble, you know. They are in trouble because they don't know their ignorance, so they can't move forward. There's no growth, and they're full of themselves, basically. And those kind of people are the people to be scared of, you know. I guess I came along ignorance in a、um, TV show or a Netflix show from Trevor Noah, who's awesome, by the way, and.、Um, And he was just starting to talk about it, and I was thinking, no, I'm not ignorant, which was even ignorant in itself, for sure. And it was about sort of a bias that if you hear other people talking in, so you hear them talking in your mother tongue, but they're not mother tongue, as you can probably hear from my example,、um, that you will sort of have a bias to think. They're not, for example, as smart or not as nice. Or there's just certain biases. He has a certain bias about, for example, Russian people. If they、um, speak with a Russian accent, they would be more threatening or or、um, aggressive. And、um, yeah, we in Germany we have a lot of Turkish people. So every time I hear somebody talk German with a Turkish accent. And then usually the grammar wouldn't be correct. You hear that and you assume, or at least that's what I am doing,、um, without you acknowledging that they might not be as smart, which is so not true. It's just it's so hard. I was thinking about that just the other day, and just hearing that and appreciating the fact that this has nothing to do with them, or. Their capability of learning the language or anything—it's just because it's not your language. Yeah, that's that's strange. Or like、um, Raya always used to say that I sound super young when I speak English because I use like a lot, or I would try to make it simple. Things like that. I find that really interesting. And what he said, what Trevor Noah said, was that the interesting thing is if you hear somebody. Let's say in English, you hear them speaking English with a foreign accent, and then you hear them speaking in their mother tongue. Even though you don't understand it, it will hear, it will sound totally different, and it will sound like all of a sudden, you know, they can speak the language perfectly, and it might not sound aggressive anymore or super weird or something. It just sounds natural because that's it, but because that's their natural、um, mother tongue. And I found that a really interesting topic about ignorance because it, yeah, it came up in my life so much. And it's not that I don't like it. I actually like it if people speak in different accents. But 
I do have that little thing in my head where I'm almost judging them based on how they speak a certain language. And I find that crazy because I'm really trying to not do that and it just keeps on showing up. Hey, buddy. Um, I'm not sure if this is going to be a good material for the audio, but I'm going ahead and share it. Um, now, when I remember, there's only two cases right now like coming clearly to my mind. Um, when one one was when I was in Berlin, um, and then my host in Sevilla, she told me she uh she's coming to Berlin and. Of course, we wanted to meet, and on that day, I told her that I was free the whole day, um, until six or seven p.m. So, uh, just tell me wherever she is, then, then I will just go there and just meet her, even, uh, even for just a quick, um, meet up, catch up. And she told me that she was, she's staying. Um, she told me that she was staying, uh, in her friend, uh, her friend's place, in in Berlin. So I assumed that she gonna have like total freedom, and and the way that she texted me that she that she had friends and she even has a car and everything. So, um, in the end, we did not, we couldn't meet because she keep. She kept moving and um and not until like six she told me if I wanted to have dinner with with her friends even though I already told her that it was uh it was um Lada's birthday so I I wanted to have dinner with her and we went to a movie so I told her everything in advance but she still asked me like um if I wanted to join dinner even though I told her in the beginning. So, um, I was upset. Um, I wasn't mad at her, but I was upset because, um, at that time, um, not just that, but a friend of mine also couldn't meet me, even though he was in Berlin and everything. So I thought she did not like nobody cares about me, and she did not care about me at all, even though I tried to make time for her, but she couldn't. She couldn't even make time for me for even for a bit. But when um um I decided still I wanted to give everybody a chance, and I came to Sevilla and I met her again and she told me um her side of the story. She was she, yes she was staying with her friend but actually the friend uh, was um was just a friend of a friend. Um, and he, she was uh, she's religious, so she was having this um uh, this thing that you couldn't um uh, um that uh, I forgot like she, the thing that you couldn't eat um start with R with a with a Muslim thing. So like we she couldn't eat the whole day, and she was pretty strict with the schedule. So that's why she was having a crazy um um. Schedule, 
in in Berlin, so she could. That's why we couldn't meet and everything. So that was that. So she, she's definitely not like what I thought. That she doesn't care about me at all. Uh, something like that. And I at that time I was ignorant of her situation, and I was just just assume everything like from my side, from my point of view, and and upset. But it's not just that. Um, it's not something that happens just in the world of where you're working and your day-to-day life. It happens also between cultures, because most of the time, a lot of people, for example, we're living in Canada. It's a multicultural country. A lot of people think they know. How the other cultures work, and some people even judge other cultures because of their interpretation and what they, you know, they think they know. They're just ignorant, you know. They don't know. And I remember when I when when I just came here from Haiti, there was these guys in my classes. We had a problem with the TV, and I was like, "Okay, let me help the teacher fix it." And then the guys looked at me, and they were like, "Oh, so you guys have TV in Haiti?" Um, a normal person would have been very offended. I, I wasn't because it was like, "Oh, this is just them being ignorant, not knowing that you know um, there's actually civilization there." Ignorance in itself, I would say, is sort of a state of not knowing, and that state of not knowing is taken to a further level if you actually are not willing to know further, and then it becomes ignorance. I don't think ignorance is always bad. I think it can also just, yeah, be like paired with innocence, and then together.、Um, Not knowing and innocence can become ignorance.、Um, yeah, but it doesn't have to have bad intentions. But then, if you have somebody with a negative mindset or or some、um, pre thoughts, negative pre thoughts about something, and then they are not willing to accept the truth, then I guess that would be negative ignorance. And that wouldn't be that cool. And for the second thing,、um, was with with a a classmate. So we were we we are not close friends, but she's very nice, and and sometimes I need her help, and she always willing to help me.、Um, and she's so the background is she's from Bolivia. And she's already 35 years old, or 33, something like that, like 33 to 35 years old. And、um, she's studying the same thing that I'm studying in Germany. And、um, she's also come from a、um, Catholic family. So,、uh, but she's she doesn't like she doesn't like. Going around and convert people or preach about Catholic or religion 
or religion at all. I did not know that until until I came to her to her room, and sometimes she has to join this thing, and she always come to. Um, like when we get closer to know each other, that she always comes to church on Sunday and everything like that. So my, so um, my story is is like whenever we talk because she's really nice, so she doesn't try to you know like um telling me what to do, but she just care. I guess she cares about me, so so she's kind of giving me advice, advices and stuff. Um, so. Two years ago, something like that, or even a year ago, um, I did not judge her, but you know, like in the back of my mind, I I was always having having my own kind of thought, some like some kind of assumptions and some kind of thing, uh, some kind of thinking like if I were her, I would not do that. Um, for example, she 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 chose Spain for her exchange program. And when I talk to her, blah blah blah, I always like sometimes still in my in the back of my mind, I was like, wow, uh, she she chose a, a an easier option, like because she speaks Spanish. Um, and then now she's came here and she took German course and um, like some of her choices or some of her advices uh, to me, I was like. Well, um, if I were you, um, okay, thank you for giving this. Like, of course, I said uh, thanks to her, but like in the back of my mind, I was like skipping all that, and I have a little bit, just a little bit of judgment, like like not judging, but more like if I were her, I would not do that, and and some sometimes I think, oh, my life is more interesting, like I do this and that, just small thing like that. Um, but recently, when I talked to her more and listening to her reasons more, then I kind of starting to see that she's also struggling with her decisions. Um, she's just really maybe she's reaching thirty years old, so she's calm and she doesn't just express all the worries like I do. Um, and some of her reasons is because of her background, because of her life, because of what she likes. So I realized that I've been kind of uh, ignorance of her things, uh, her situations, her backgrounds, and everything. I just assume things that I wouldn't do, and then when somebody somebody does it, I'm just like assume, oh, this is easier option. It's easier, so you so. You say this thing to me because you don't know what I'm going through. Um, you chose a, because you choose an easier option. That's what in my head sometimes when um when she gives me advice. So um so yeah, that's kind of two cases that I that I thought I I was at the beginning I was really ignorant of of their situation, their feelings, and and yeah, and also they they I did not um. Really communicate very well with 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 them as well. So of course there will be assumptions from their signs and something like that. So um yeah, I hope I hope I I answered your question. <laughs> For me, ignorance has also a lot to do with growing up and learning certain things. As for example, one of the 
biggest things I remember was to go to New Zealand and while usually my life here is set a certain way from like the way my parents are my my household I guess or parenthood I don't know how you call it properly and so I did know that people had a different type of lifestyle but I just didn't fully realize and I didn't think it would be such a difference and then coming to New Zealand and just seeing life as such different and just seeing people having generally different life experiences or life ideas even um yeah made me fully realize it and so then me being ignorant first and just assuming things would be a certain way how I'm used to them then learning the difference and being like oh that's actually working too it might even be better I do like it and then it becomes that my ignorance led to a state of learning and I think that's that's a good process because um, yeah we're being ignorant about so many things because ignorant is almost being limited within your own mind so if you just keep in your own mind and your own reality you're always in a way ignorant and then the minute you start reflecting and looking outside of your little universe and sort of if the saying outside of the box then you stop being ignorant not completely maybe but you at least try to to be less ignorant and you see oh is there another way am i just yeah maybe limiting myself what I'm trying to say is when someone is ignorant, it does not only affect that only person on his mental growth, but it also affects his surrounding, his or her surroundings, meaning that sometimes um, the way you would behave being ignorant and acting like you know that would be can come off sometimes as you know aggressive or just weird depending on because there are some people we're all ignorant at some point you know we all don't know anything and it's just you have to be curious and you have to layer it with like a, a bother of niceness and politeness to make sure that when you're encountering your encounters with other people and other cultures go smoothly because you don't know you know don't act like you know and start being like oh you guys don't have tv over there oh you guys ever take showers no 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 you know what i mean like this is the worst thing to do when you're ignorant when you don't know things and people who act like this they usually think they know things and then one day they meet with the wrong person that got off on that that got up on the wrong side of the bed. Then that person's gonna put them in their place, and they will go home having the worst day of their life. They're going to realize they were ignorant, and they learned it the bad way, you know. So I don't know. Anyways, I'm not sure if what I say makes sense because I literally just woke up and. That's all I had in my mind. Um, 
I think your you guys podcast is a very um good thing, you know. I I like the conversation. I like what you guys talk about. I like how both of you are open with sharing. I don't know how you I don't know if that's the proper word to say. And yes, I do agree with Laura Ben, you need to start being uh stop being so hard on yourself because, you know, you you got this. You're a great person and I personally think you have to start with loving yourself, loving who you are um slowly. Maybe you do, I don't know. Um and then realize that the love you have for yourself it has to be felt by someone else and that person has to love you just the way you are. There's like what I'm trying to say is, you know, um at some point you were asked, okay, what what are we going to do? And you were like, oh, well, maybe I should do this, maybe I should do that. And of course, if you want to change stuff, you have to change them for yourself. Because I know a lot of Mary Jane head out there living their best life with girlfriends um that are not Mary Jane, like two girlfriends, whatever. But uh no, it's you I don't know how to say this. Like as long as you love the states you're in, then you will find someone who loves you in that state. But if because the way you talk about it it is something that you love doing that you're in a relationship with but it seems like it bothers you a little and at the the moment it keeps on bothering you then i think you know it's it's just going to be this uh, recurrent thing where you do it then you feel bad for doing it then you know you, you you don't feel like you're in a good place or anything like that but just keep in mind that the changes you're going to make in your life if you want to like i don't know shower more put spray on do your hair you know um be a cute boy well you're a cute but you know what i mean if you want to do these you have to do it for yourself and then once you do it for yourself you gain that confidence and you will also attract someone who is confident enough in themselves and you know they love themselves they love what they're doing every day and then it won't be so awkward to get to know them because they will already open the door and be like hey ben i like you i like how you portray yourself here is me here's what i like and then you you guys get on board and you, you you know you align you discuss and it flows and the next thing you know you're getting married <laughs> hey you two um i just wanted to let you know what i thought about the podcast because i like just finished it and the um impact is still very strong it was fucking awesome so even no matter if it's going to be released or not i just wanted to say thanks as really funny and really uh deep at uh, at a lot of points uh, a lot of parts 
Um, and I just wanted to say, Ben, you were fucking amazing. That's really cool. Um, the things you said really moved me. And then, but then there was this one part where it was so strongly, I had such a strong re reaction against it. It was really interesting. And I think that was on the part where you said that, um, like, I think that was on, it was just like a kind of negative view of life that you said oh like basically or at least that I understood that we all have to struggle and everything and this is where I was like no I disagree because I think together we should you know we should be able to fight against it and build something against it there will always be like struggle and stuff but I think we are able to fight it and overcome the constant struggle, I think that should be possible, or at least that the the general struggle will be outweighed by like positive stuff. And then when you talked about, sorry, I just mentioned you because um, your parts were like new to me, like what Rice said, I mostly heard before, I think. It wasn't like super new. Sorry, goat. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's good that I hear nothing super new from you on a podcast. That'd be really weird. Um, yeah, so and then you said something about that if you meet somebody, you have to meet them with like with that armor on with holding back and stuff. And I totally disagree. I think oh, what you should do, like throw yourself right at them at first and start with like super random questions or super random intros or just start off by saying I have this issue or I can't do this and that and I feel like this works a lot better because a lot of people will be like what the fuck and these are people you mostly don't want to spend time with but then some people you actually get really deep and um, I just wanted to add that as a side note but yeah other than that I'm just um commenting to let you know that I thought it was super cool and um yeah that uh, I really liked it.